Welcome back to the one and only Minorities Report Film Podcast. It's your weekly deep dive into all things movies and entertainment through a colorful perspective. Your fave minorities are here. We are reporting for duty. My name is Raul. And as always here with me, I got Mr. Moshama himself. Hello, everyone. And joining us, uh, you know, to comment from time to time, we got, we got returning uh, now for a couple episodes in the last couple weeks. Uh, we got Drizzy Dre. What's up? What's up? I feel like I said Drizzy Dre instead of Drizzy Dre. That was weird. You also said Fave. Yeah, I heard like Drizzy. I said like, oh, okay. Hey, fave is an acceptable <laughs> term in the modern age that we live in for favorite. Many people say it. I know you're getting up there in age, you know, but. Okay, guess, chill. Guess, Anyways. Stay with the time. <laughs> yeah, I'm here. I have a, um, I can't do any work right now. Because I'm currently just moving information around on new drives and it takes forever. Like one of my folders, several of my folders, I like moved over and it's like, we'll be done copying in three hours. <laughs> and so I'm like, I, I can't do anything. Oh, wow. <laughs> Probably one of them, either, either the, the reading rate is low or the other one, the writing rate is low. Like that's This is crazy. No, it's just a lot of raw information. Uh, did you find $20? Twenty dollars? Yeah. Why would I find twenty dollars? I just feel like it would make that story more exciting. Wow. Shama, what you been up? Nothing. Like it. It was one of the most boring weeks ever. Like I don't remember any any interesting thing happened. At Thanksgiving all. week was one of the most boring weeks for you. <laughs> yeah, I I did nothing but work. Like and I remember, I I remember I asked you, hey Shama. Did you? Because I know you were working. I said, "Did you get any Thanksgiving food?" You said, "Yeah, I got baked mac and cheese." Yeah, unfortunately, um, my wife doesn't eat turkey, so we did not eat turkey. So we don't eat you, turkey either. So, so she doesn't eat turkey. You don't eat ham. Uh, you know, it it's not a sin to make chicken. <laughs> that was the plan, but like. I I like went home late and it was yeah it wasn't it was like not mis it wasn't planned well you know especially that, like the kids are coming uh, like in in less than two weeks so we're excited like th- to do everything when they are here. Okay, well I'm hoping that the listeners got uh got some good Thanksgiving meal and not just baked mac and cheese. Although baked mac and cheese is better than mashed potatoes. It was great. Uh, it was great. <laughs> <laughs> that's not true at all i love mashed potatoes i love mac cheese is superior you know when i married raul i had to give up a lot of things <laughs> and he gave up nothing i know i know well, i had to give up loving onions <laughs> i had to give up mashed potatoes basically all the white people food i had to just give oh, up wow. <laughs> i learned Puerto Rican dishes. what are you talking about listen you can make mashed potatoes <laughs> if you made gravy but you don't eat I don't gravy, eat gravy. So, and you don't make oh, things that's, you don't eat you cannot have like mashed potato without gravy actually you can if it's so buttery you have my mashed potatoes you can have them it's really good gravy. yeah that's what i want to say like it's really good no, without right listen, there's, there's a reason there's a reason americans notice that i did not put any ethnicity to anybody americans like to put gravy on mashed potatoes because mashed potatoes don't have that much flavor and they like to put cranberry sauce with turkey because turkey is dry and it doesn't have that much flavor listen <laughs> i don't like 
turkey. I'm not delusional. I, I don't just turkey. want these foods just because they're nostalgic. Mashed potatoes, though, are delicious, especially mine. Have you covered Both are them delicious. Enough? When you do the turkey in the seasoned way. Oh, my gosh. It's, like, really good if we ever have cream cheese. Like, my favorite way to make it is with cream cheese, but we never have that. You would never have cream cheese. Yeah. I do think it's pretty good with cream cheese. It sure is. Do you, do you put mayonnaise in your mashed potatoes? No, that's so you're weird. You're supposed to put mayonnaise. You See? put mayonnaise in everything. That's what you're missing. You're missing he the mayonnaise. Shama, Shama, <laughs> for breakfast, uh-huh. for breakfast, I put butter on my toast because I'm mm. normal. <laughs> I am so right. <laughs> And, and we, Raul puts... Puts what's it? What is it? Mayonnaise. He yes, puts mayonnaise I, on I, his toast. I, he made me try it when one time when we were, we were in Florida and he made me try it. Actually, I liked it. So yes, it's so bizarre. <laughs> it's good, man. If you got the right mayonnaise, it doesn't substitute the 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 butter feeling and the butter taste, but it was good. Like you know, like the Hellman's or I think he put he put like Hellman's like in a in a thin layer on it and on a toasted one, and it was really good. Here's the problem. You put you put butter on toast. And unless there is a ton of salted butter on toast, you don't taste the butter. So really, you're just eating toast. Yeah, I disagree. But if you put a little bit of mayonnaise on it, you taste the mayonnaise. Okay, great. Um, can you tell Shama what we're doing for Christmas? Uh, well, first, I want to talk about what we did. Yes, I want to know what did you guys eat on Thanksgiving? Oh. We went to the beach with my in-laws, and we basically spent the whole week over there, almost the whole week, like five days. Um, and Thanksgiving was one of the days we spent there. And for Thanksgiving, we decided because my in-laws are pescatarian and Desiree is anti-cooked fish. She's anti-fish. Oh yeah. She's okay with sushi. Yeah. She's very strange. Um, so we decided to not complicate things. We would make tacos because who yeah. doesn't love tacos? Yes, so we, we had, had tacos, chicken and fish tacos. It was amazing. Yeah. Oh, nice. And Desiree, actually, Desiree discovered she does like fresh tuna. Cooking. Yes, the tuna was phenomenal. I was like, "Is this tuna?" I was really confused. Yeah, because my, it didn't taste fishy at all. It just tasted like good. And my in-laws, they go big or go home, so they made three types of fish. <laughs> they made uh, blackened tuna, blackened. Uh, swordfish and snapper, like I think it's red snapper or something, uh, with some other seasoning, which was fantastic. And Desiree made chicken. Mm-hmm. Nice. We had tacos with guacamole and lots of other stuff. Uh, the beach was gorgeous. We had a great time. Oh, we walked on the beach at night. Oh, yeah, that was great. There was Shama. Shama. Yeah. I had a moon shadow. Oh, wow. That's how bright the moon was. It was so clear, wow. and I had a moon shadow. Desiree's oh. always Desiree starts off with moon shadow when she starts the story. But to me, the most impressive thing was that it was low tide, and so you could walk like twenty feet into where the water normally is, but it's not. And uh, there's like tons of shells under there, and you get to walk. It's like the sand is and it you feels can see. weird. You don't need your flashlight. Yeah, and it was neat. It was really. It was like neat and creepy. Because the water, I'm like standing there for the water to come up to my toes. And like when the water's like a foot from my feet, I I like slightly panic because I realize I can't see anything into the water except for the foam on top. And the water, and this is my own imagination, the water feels like it has malicious intent <laughs> and it's coming at me. <laughs> so I like slightly panic. 
But then I just kind of let it happen and it was fine. I survived <laughs> the water attack. Um, but yeah, that was our week. Uh, apparently we're doing something for Christmas. What are we doing for Christmas? We're making all nostalgic food. Oh, yes. That's what we decided. So for Christmas, we have decided we're making food that is nostalgic to us from our childhood. Um, so my in-laws were making a list. I'm guessing like one or two items each of us. Uh, my in-laws have already contributed. Like my mother-in-law said ambrosia salad, which sounds horrendous. <laughs> um, it's like, Shama, do you know what ambrosia salad no, is? No, I'll ask you what is it. And then you I did like- not think you would know. So basically, you take different fruits like mandarin oranges, grapes, maraschino cherries yes specifically maraschino oh, cherries yes i remember and then this you put them in a bowl with mini marshmallows yes. and what? then you put sour cream yes. and whipped cream yes. and you mix it all together and and here's oh oh and coconut flakes bad. and here is the doozy it is not a dessert <laughs> it goes with your meal <laughs> i remember this oh wow <laughs> I, I I have no clue what the, this might taste like, but I'm interested in trying it. So. It looks like it looks like f- something a unicorn might eat. Yeah, or an yeah. elf, or an elf, you know, or an elf. It's horrendous looking. Uh, my mother-in-law says it's quite tasty. Uh, we will update <laughs> update you guys as we get closer. I'm so excited for you guys to try to tell me. So we're gonna we haven't come up with the whole menu. We'll let you guys know uh, as we develop it. But I'm pretty excited. We're gonna do those uh, nostalgic foods. I think that that's a fun little little twist for Christmas we're doing this year. So because we're not doing gifts, we're not doing gifts. We're just doing spending time with family. Oh, that's nice. We 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 have like almost a toy store. Like we're doing like gifts and presents for the kids. Crazy. It's like it's like it's like <laughs> it would be. Crazy for them, as if like they are they are in Santa's workshop. Oh, they're gonna love that. I'll here. just come over, and you know whatever toy looks cool, they won't even know it's gone. And it's not even toys; like only like, lots of, of 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 craft things, lots of creative things that they uh, would work on. I don't want to spoil any of them in case like, like uh, Lily will be listening to any part of this before Aww, it's released. Lily. So. <laughs> Yeah, I'm so excited for them to to see what happens. She got too many things to do. Lena scares me. Lena's a little scary. (laughs) Oh my God, she's so cute. Both of them would be so excited for what happens. She's much like the water at the beach at nighttime. She looks unassuming, Yeah, but she gets close enough and she seems like she has malicious intent. Especially now after she grew up a little bit more, like and she has her her own way of, of analyzing and thinking and evaluating people in front of her. You will see this more when you see her next time. <laughs> All right, I'm excited. Um, let's get into what we watched, Shama. I know you watched Godmothered. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm really so excited for everybody to see this movie. It it is so cute and 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 so Christmassy and so um, cheerful and the, the Christmas music and I saw like the movie three times. You know, like just the, like uh, last week, like once, but like two weeks ago, like uh, back to back. It's oh, does it really know anything about this movie? I think I saw. I think I saw the trailer. Sell it to her. Sell it to her. It's it's yeah. It's like a, a new take on Happily Ever After. 
it's so charming, so magical. It's like blending elf and enchanted together with more of a comedic relief from uh, from Gillian Bell. Like I loved her performance in this film. Like I thought it would be more of cheesy, but no, like she nailed it. And and uh, Isla Fisher, like we said, like oh wow, why why she doesn't like do more things? You know, she was Isla so Fisher. When I saw her name, I was like, wait a minute, what? She's alive? Um, exactly. I, this I, what I, I love said. Sure. Yeah, it's been a while since I've seen some of her work, and uh, yeah. yeah, I'm I'm excited to see it. I have not gotten a chance to to to, to watch it, but I am going to. Um, really, only because well, actually, I am excited about um, what's her name? Show me, Jillian Bell. Yeah, Jillian Bell. Yeah, I've especially like she. I, I'm it, like I I really liked her in Britney Runs a Marathon. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. I was going to say that after Britney Runs a Marathon, I was so excited for what's next, and this was not what I expected when they announced the film. But when I saw it, I'm happy with it. You know, it's nothing new. It's like mixing the uh, the the fantasy, like the Disney fantasy, together. But it's not bad. It's not bad when you when you have a different take on something. You know, there are no there are no holiday movies that are new. <laughs> that's that's not a thing <laughs> yeah but it's 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 really nice like oh my god like seeing people like walking around with no masks in a, in a movie and like the holidays and the, the the christmas music and the lights and everything it was so cool i do find myself when i watch stuff now that i don't know when it was shot um especially like tv looking to see if like it looks different if like they're social distancing what does the the background actors look like? Like I'm like paying attention yeah. to all this stuff. Yes, I'm I like was, something was playing on TV. Like and I, I, I people are in a bus and no no in the in, in the subway and like they are so close and I looked at them and said like guys why there's no social distance that's an old movie playing but the, my your mindset is changing you know that like like that when you see something that was normal now you think it's not normal weird i also um i uh watched the last two episodes of the small act series by steve mcqueen shama you've not seen them right no i didn't see like alex sweetel or uh, or education no i didn't see neither of them yet um so i you guys can check out my written review on the website for alex sweetel um yeah it's i th- the thing i'll say about alex sweetel is it is it it's very frustrating because it's incomplete um i've never seen a movie that spends an hour setting up you know how movies end shama yeah and uh, they'll end and then it'll tell you in paragraphs like what happened like you know after the events of this you know this person went on to graduate and do this yada 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 you know what i'm talking about uh-huh. Uh-huh. They do it in Chicago 7. Um, I've never seen a movie spend the entire length of its runtime, which is an hour for Alex Weedle, setting up the paragraphs at the end, which the paragraphs sound like the most, like, in, like it sounds like the most exciting part of his life. That's sad. And, 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 and it's very confusing and very disappointing. Um, but yeah, if you guys want to check out mreportpod.com, you guys can check out my written review on Alex Weedle. Actually, that's really sad because Small X starts episode, like, like the first film in the series is Mangrove, which is phenomenal. And probably like 
people were not that impressed with with the second one, which is Lovers Rock, which we watched earlier in the year. And the third one is Red, White, and Blue. People didn't see it yet. It will be out December 4th. And then Alex Weedle, December 11th. So I, I don't like when the first one is the best from, from what I saw so far. Out of the ones that, that we could talk, like uh, Mangrove is, out of the first four, Mangrove is the best. Um, and you know what? It, you know, you start out off the gate uh, swinging for the fences, and they did. Mangrove is an, an absolutely exceptional film. Yeah. Um, I just wish the three following ones were as strong. Uh, but education, oh, no. So you said on the fourth, right? Uh, Red, White, and Blue comes out on the, the 11th or 12th. Uh, Alex Weedle comes out. And then the 18th education comes out. I definitely think people should check them out. They they definitely have something to say. I just wish they were better. You know. Yeah, me too. Uh, and then we don't. Have, I don't. I don't want to talk about too much. We are going to release an episode talking about Mank. Uh, but we did. It's it's funny because it's been sitting on our queue. I, I I texted somebody the other day. They were like, um, you know, what have you been up to? I'm like crazy busy. And they were like, oh really? And I said, yeah. Can you imagine that I've had a David Fincher film? sitting in my queue for weeks now <laughs> and have not watched it because I'm so busy. Um, but finally we got to it. <laughs> Mank. Um, I am excited to talk about it. Shama, do you want to say anything about it? Um, it's different. I, I like like that. We have like a, we'll have full conversation about that. Definitely, you can see like the the, the the art of filmmaking, but my personal uh, excitement after watching the movie is not similar to what was before watching the movie. Without elaborating more, you know, like, I, I don't know wh- what, what I was expecting, and I don't know what's my final reaction. It's It's weird to the point that like I saw the movie twice and I still cannot have my final thoughts in order. Well, I hope you can get those thoughts in order. Um, Me too. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, it, I mean, we knew the film was going to be different. It's inc- incredibly niche. We knew this uh, going into it. I mean, the trailer shows how incredibly niche this film is. And you know what? He's been trying to make this movie for over 20 years because it was going to be his film after the game. The game was in 97. Um, and he was hoping to make it after the game. So that's like 20, 23 years was the game, 20, 23 years ago. Um, and he was trying to make it. It's written by David Fincher's father. And uh, and he's been, he's been trying to get this made. And he stuck to his guns. He wanted it to be black and white. He wanted it to be niche. And for that reason, he's had to wait 20 years because nobody wanted to make it. And Netflix decided to, 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 to take a shot on it. It's Again, it's very niche. Um, I said early on in a different episode that I was confident the film was going to be a masterpiece that I was not going to enjoy. And I'm happy to announce I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. But I I, I still I still think I, I lean more towards my original statement than not, but I did enjoy the film much more than I thought I would. And I'm excited to talk about it when the moment comes. But for now, we got to get into this week's conversation on all the happenings. So before we do, hey, give the show a follow at M Report Film on Twitter, on Instagram. Go ahead and check out the website for all new content 
Uh, we got written stuff up there. That's mreportpod.com. First up on the report, we got the box office. Shama, what is happening? Give us a top five. I know that we had a ringer this week make tons of money. Yeah, yeah. Movie theaters have, have been seeing like a, a busy, a very busy weekend. Uh, the second busiest after Tenet opened, after the movie theaters were, were back that strong, you know. Like the crudes opened with $9,724,000, grossing worldwide $14 million. Only $9,700,000 from the US, the domestic box office. Yeah. The Man, movies- I want to see that. Yeah, the movie's playing in 2,211 theaters, so it 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 it, it did great, especially like uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Sunday started like slowing down, um, and Universal is so happy. Like the movie is supposed to be released on premium VOD in 17 days after its theatrical release, but upon the new policy with Cinemark and and AMC as well, if the movie grossed. 50 million, it will not. But I don't think it will make 50 million before before the 17 million days. worldwide or US only? Uh, worldwide. Oh, so. I, I, there's no way it's going to hit that regardless. I, I, just, I just wanted to know from my own knowledge. But no, there's no way. If it had made 30 million this weekend, then I would say yes. But no, it's, it's, there's no yeah, way. I agree. In the second place, we have Freaky in its third week. The movie, the movie made almost eight hundred thousand in the past weekend, grossing seven million dollars. So, and it's opening this Friday on premium VOD because it's it's been more than the seventeen days window. So, Universal is having like their best week, the first and the second place. In the third place, we still have War with Grandpa in the top five. Um, War with Grandpa was the third busiest, especially it's a family movie. It did over half a million for the weekend. The total for uh, since uh, it's uh, it's eight 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 weeks now. It did seventeen million, which is really good, more than what they expected for the for the original release War of the Grandpa film. Grandpa has been holding on, man. The War of Grandpa has yeah. been holding on. Families like kids out of school. There's nothing to do. They have been like uh, watching lots of things at home, but it's still like the theatrical experience, especially with uh, private uh, screenings or private rentals or whatever they are. People just like pay $99 and watch the movie. You know, like family of five can watch it. Family of 10 can watch it. So like um, it's it works well for them. In the fourth place, another universal distribution focus features, let him go. And the movie has been released last week for, the, for a premium VOD as well, but still made $453,000 in theaters. And this proved that what Universal said earlier in the year, even they said if the movie will be having its theatrical release and premium VOD, it will still make money. And it did. It did over $400,000 for the past weekend, grossing $8,707,000 in its fourth week. In the fifth place, another distribution by Universal, Focus Features production as well, like Let Him Go, Come Play which also was released on premium video on demand. So out of the top five, we have four movies that are universal, which like two of them are universal production and two are focus features, but they are all Universal Studios company, Universal Pictures. Good for them. That's awesome. 
Yeah, people, lots of people said if Soul have made its original theatrical release for that weekend, it could have made what Crudes and War with Grandpa combined made. It could have made, and more. It could at least made, made $20 million, which, yeah, they didn't. The original forecast for Soul pre-COVID that the movie will make $150 million in that weekend. But still, like, $20 million more for two weeks in theater and then on Disney Plus could have made more money. Uh, that's from my way of thinking. Uh, I don't know. Hmm. Interesting. 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 And that's it for the box office today. Next up on the report, the news. As many people know, Rosario Dawson made her appearance as Ashoka Tano on last week's episode of The Mandalorian. But people are talking less about her on the Disney Plus series and more about the allegations of transphobia lodged against her. So last year, for those that uh, that don't remember, Rosario and her family were sued over an alleged transphobic assault. Rosario had previously uh, called the accusations baseless. Um, and in a new interview with Vanity Fair following her big Mandalorian introduction, uh, because so many people are still talking about, you know, this whole situation, this whole allegations, uh, she said, Firstly, I just want to say that I understand why people were concerned. I would be too. If I had heard some of those claims. Then she went on to say that basically as we're seeing now and as we have been seeing the past few months, the truth is coming out. She said every single claim of discrimination has been dismissed by the person who made them. Then she went on to comment about uh, the, you know, one of the, the person that made an allegation against her or an accusation against her. Um, she's known them for a long time and she said it, it, it makes her really sad. And, uh, and she went on to comment saying that she has great empathy for him. You know, I love Rosario Dawson. I, I, I imagine you guys probably do as well, but I can't speak for you. Um, but I do. I've loved her for a long time. I mean, Seven Pounds is one of my favorite movies. I absolutely love Seven Pounds. Her, Will Smith, killing it. Um, and, you know, you listen to something like this and you don't want it to be true. But at the same time, yeah. if it is true. You know, I, I, I want, you know, it, it to come to light. Yeah. Um, so, but like, it, it, there's no way to know, right, one way or another for sure, whether it's true or not. Again, I'm hoping it is not true. Apparently, the, uh, everyone uh, accusing her of anything has dropped the charges. Um, but it's, 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 it's interesting to think. It's, it's sad on Disney Plus's part, right? Because, again, we don't know for sure what happened between her and this individual, but it, it stinks because the Mandalorian has been getting a lot of love for this season. And it, 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 it stinks that people are, you know, taking any measures against it simply because they feel some sort of way about what might've happened in the past with Rosario Dawson or what she was accused of in the past. Um, Tim, I don't know if you, how you feel about this. We haven't really talked about it. Uh, I love Rosario Dawson, like, and I really hope that this is not real. But like, sometimes, like, like, there's no like, why would somebody accuse her or her family with something that didn't happen? We don't know the person's reason. 
um it's 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 really strange to have like all these allegations and all the charges drop but i really hope that that, that she didn't say anything i really hope that um uh, it was misunderstanding miscommunication uh, as a as an actress as a, as a as a performer yes i i really love everything she did especially like jessica jones uh, daredevil uh, iron fist all this um, marvel netflix era time i loved her performance in them as uh, you said like seven pounds everything that she was in she was really really uh good but um because it really sucks especially when somebody talk about something that sensitive in in this sarcastic way or I, i'm not i don't know if she said sarcastic way or something it's unacceptable there are things that there are like lines that are drawn that we can never never talk about it in in the way in any way other than respect and appreciation but we weren't there and we don't know for sure and it's not like uh the whole jk rowling situation where she put it out there yeah it's not on twitter multiple Twitter's times easy. and then confirmed it and stuck to her guns <laughs> like uh, I tried to so validate I, it yeah which is was crazy. She tried to validate it yeah so I'm, I'm putting i'm still putting jk rowling worse <laughs> Uh, but Rosario Dawson, we don't know for sure. I'm hoping it's not. Um, but uh, if any more of this information comes out, we'll keep you guys updated on that. Next up on the news, another show that we really enjoyed got canceled. Utopia has been canceled. Gillian Flynn's pandemic TV show that Amazon produced, and we didn't know anything about it when it was in production, and to the point that it, it touched real life things that we are experiencing and maybe that's why it was cancelled you know the show failed to grab audiences attention like people are living a real pandemic and it, it, it didn't have like the the relief yet like and the, uh, like like what's happening in the show so amazon decided to cancel the show especially after the low viewing rates for for the first season or or season one or whatever it would be called maybe limited limited release because it was only one season yeah really unfortunate well, the show, this show it, it is unfortunate the show didn't get a lot of love and and i wrote a review on it a while ago you guys can check it out on the site um it, 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 and i i talk about it on, the, on my review a lot like what like this show and i know it's based on uh, another show from the BBC. Yeah. Um, and it, it, like, I love the concept of the show. I really like what they were going for. Um, I like that it, it takes you on this crazy roller coaster. Yes. I don't like some of the choices of where they decided to take this roller coaster. Um, I really, at first I really thought it was going to go one way and I feel like they overcomplicated it. Like, especially the last episode, much. the last episode destroyed yeah. everything for me. Well, I think the second episode like <laughs> complicates it, and it thro- it it makes the show more complicated than it needs to be. A lot of it they could have saved for season two. A lot of the stuff they did in season one they could have saved for season two. Maybe they know that there's no season two at that time, so I, I, there might have been a second season two. The biggest issue, two biggest issues with this season are one, our heroine, just Jessica Hyde, played by Sasha Lane. Um, like, I, like I, the performance by Sasha Lane does not grab you in the least. It does actually quite the opposite. And Jessica Hyde is, is an incredibly unlikable character. Not that there is anything wrong with that. 
because there are plenty of unlikable characters that have been written exceptionally. Snape. Snape. Uh, uh, Mark Zuckerberg and the social network. So you can write an unlikable character and it still be good. But Jessica Hyde is very, very, very unlikable. And she makes choices, right? With, I'm trying to do this spoiler free. She makes choices in the show that make her irredeemably unlikable. Like there is no coming back from yeah. the decisions that she makes. And I think, I'm guessing Amazon knows that. They probably heard a lot of the complaints and truly, they're like I don't. I, I was looking forward for a second season only because I want to know where the story goes. Yeah, me too. Me too. But, but I do not like. I also I, I, come on, John Cusack. Oh yeah, I love him. He th- this is his best performance, by the way. I love John <laughs> yes. Cusack in this in this show. But um, I, I I'd like me myself as a storyteller. I cannot find a way to make Jessica Hyde likable. Because they made her, like, they made her, they made her decisions too bad. Like, too, again, like I said, it, it like, it, she's irreparable. And so, yeah, so it, it was going to be a tough, it was going to be a tough sell. It was going to be hard to get back from that. Um, so it is sad for me because, again, I'm very curious. I'm going to have to look up the original show because I want to know the rest of it. Um, but it doesn't surprise me that this happened. And staying on a, a adjacent topic, <laughs> last up on the news, Joss Whedon exits HBO's show The Nevers before it premieres. He um, he was the showrunner. HBO had him um, as one of the writers, showrunner for the show. Basically, the the, the, the head honcho, right? He was going to be leading it uh, all aspects creatively, and he put out a statement that he was stepping. Down. The statement was released exclusively on Cinema Blend, explaining his decision to leave the Netverse. He says, it's kind of long, but I'm going to get through a little bit and I'm going to abbreviate the rest for you guys. He says, this year of unprecedented challenges has impacted my life and perspective in ways I could never have imagined. And while developing and producing the Nevers." has been a joyful experience, I realize that the level of commitment required moving forward combined with the physical challenges of making such a huge show during a global pandemic is more than I can handle without the work beginning to suffer. He also goes on to talk about how you know he's genuinely exhausted and therefore needing to step back, um, needed to you know, reorganize some things in his life. Um, he talks about he talks about being proud of the work they've done. He talks about being grateful uh, for the cast and collaborators and for HBO, giving them the opportunity. And then he ends with a, what I found to be a very interesting sentence, which is, The Nevers is a true labor of love, but after two plus years of labor, love is about all I have to offer. I, I actually really like that sentence. <laughs> but it, it's it's interesting. HBO then responded. And they said, we have parted ways with Joss Whedon. We remain excited about the future of the Nevers and look forward to its premiere in the summer of 2021. 
notice that they said we have parted ways. Yeah, I, it, hmm. I don't know if you, if you guys find it interesting, Sham. I don't know if the wording there you think is is odd. Yeah, I believe like it's it's not only his decision, and I think it's mainly them more than him. When when people start by saying like we parted, so it means it's their decision more. But his words mean that like it's more of his decision because of personal things. But that's not the thing here. Why? Because after HBO released this statement, Ray Fisher tweeted saying, I have no intention of allowing Joss Sweden to use the old Hollywood tactic of exiting or stepping down or walking away to cover for his terrible behavior. Especially like we know that earlier this year, Ray Fisher said that Joss Whedon had lots of terrible behavior while the reshoots or wrapping up the Justice League, the horrible film that like we unfortunately talk about it all the time. We're not, we're not, we're not talking about the effing yes, Snyder cut. We're not here. talking about the effing okay. Snyder cut. We're talking about the effing Whedon cut. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Ray Fisher played Cyborg in that movie, and uh, he kept like raising the claims and uh, the allegations of of Joss Whedon's re- um, uh, attitude and behavior during filming. And lately, we know that Warner Media's um, investigation started like uh, or like in mid in mid November. So probably. That's why, especially that he added it here in his tweet saying, Warner's media JL investigation has been in full swing for over three weeks now. This is undoubtedly a result of it. So like this proves our doubts of thinking that when we when they said we have parted a ways, it means it's their, more of their decision. But he said it's personal. So we don't know the results are. We don't know where is the truth. That we hear the final. We don't know the truth, but it certainly feels like Ray Fisher's on to something, right? Because of the way that Whedon, I mean, not Whedon, sorry, because of the way HBO phrased it or Warner Media phrased it, right? Uh, they've parted ways. Hmm. I find it interesting. And I love that Ray Fisher, you know, we know that he was not letting it go. Right, they were. At, he was asked multiple times to let it go. Um, his accusations of uh, Josh Whedon's uh, inexcusable behavior on the Justice Justice League set, apparently, and uh, and he was not letting it go. He was all about. He went on social media. He went everywhere, and he was saying that his behavior was inexcusable until Warner Media decided to do something about it. And now he comes out swinging again, saying. I have no intention of allowing Joss Whedon to use the old Hollywood tactic. Yeah. I mean, if it's true and he came out in a tweet saying that, like, good for him. Yeah, correct. Because he has no, been- I mean, if it's true. Yeah. I'm saying if it's true. Oh, if, the, if the accusations are true. Sorry, yes. say it again, sorry. So say if the accusations are true. If the accusations are true and he took a stand and stepped out like that, like, wow, like, good for him. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. Um because I'm sure he's got a hundred people behind his back, like, don't do that. Yeah. Just be quiet. Your career's going to end. Yeah. Like, you know, you'll never work again. Like, I'm sure there's, there's a lot going on back there. But he's like, no, 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 no. I'm not going to let this stand. Yeah. And I love it. I love it. Yeah. I love it. And he's absolutely right. That is an absolute tactic. It's, and it's not just Hollywood. It's it's, <laughs> it's political. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's a human nature. It's a tactic. So. Yep. We're stepping down. We're walking away. Oh. Yeah, sure you are. <laughs> Parting ways. Difference of thoughts all the yeah 
And that's it for the news today, though, guys. Uh, not, I mean, it was a Thanksgiving week, so there wasn't a whole lot going on, but this stuff did come up, so we wanted to bring it to you as soon as we could. Next up on the report, we got trailers. So, first one we're talking about today, a fun little musical is coming out on Netflix, uh, holiday musical-ish. Uh, I'm talking The Prom. Shama, tell us about The Prom. A troop of hilariously self-obsessed theater stars swarm into a small conservative Indiana town in support of a high school girl who wants to take girlfriend to the prom. The movie starring Meryl Streep, Chris Hemsworth, Nicole Kidman, Keegan-Michael Kay, Kerry Washington, man, that's a lot of great names, James Corden, and Joe Ellen Pellman. A lot of great names. When I first watched this trailer, I was like, okay, this is going to be one of these, you know, uh, not as well-known Netflix movies, you know, one of the Netflix B movies, basically. And then I see Meryl Streep, and I was like, wait a minute, is that Meryl Streep? Is that Chris Hemsworth? What is going on in this trailer? Is this Nicole Kidman? Is that, wow, wow. And then they break into music. Desiree, hmm. you saw the trailer, The Prom. You know, what what did you think? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you what I think. What did you think? Okay, so one of the things I look for is who signs on a project. Okay, and usually if you see specific actors on a project, you're like, they are really good at picking scripts. No doubt. No doubt. It's going to be great. Like uh, the other trailer we watched about the woman who is trying to go after her career. Sylvie's Love? Yes. I'm like, that's probably going to be really good. She doesn't sign on to bad things, you know. And But this one, it's like a mixed bag, you know. There's like, there's some actors who like sign on to things that are really good. And then there's other actors who've been in things like Cats. It's like. <laughs> are you calling out James Corden yes. right now, bro? <laughs> are you calling out James yeah. Corden? Listen, I will let you know that Cats has a 2.8 on IMDb right now. That's, that's too hot. That's too much. That's too much. It should be like 0.7. Nicole Kidman, sometimes she signs on to things that are just kind of like goofy because I feel like she just needs a break from all the stuff that like I think requires thought for her. And then she signs on to things that don't require thought. So I I, I really don't know. I really hope it's good. You know, I hope it's like good like hairspray good because I really love hairspray. And I just hope it's not like some footlooses are good and then other footlooses are like really bad. So it's just. I don't know what to expect, and you can't tell from this trailer. Shama. Yes. <laughs> Why are you laughing, Shama? I'm laughing because, unfortunately, 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 I couldn't believe it. Like, I couldn't believe that. I hope I'm wrong. I I was wrong that I didn't accept watching this preview or this film earlier because we didn't have time. But now I regret it because I really want to know what is this all about? Like, how is Ryan Murphy having time to make all these movies and all these shows this year? This is crazy. All these these big names. How did it happen that way? I hope I'm wrong, which I doubt. I hope, like, for me, it's like, it could be, a, a you know, like a TV show for one night, like for 45 minutes. But for this to be called a movie, I really hope it's good. But I don't feel it. I don't feel it at all. Yeah. I don't feel it at all. <laughs> it's based on a book. So I don't even like know when did this book was released? Like what did it, what did it do? I don't know. I don't know. So Ryan Murphy this year did Hollywood, 
Ratchet, Hollywood, the Netflix show, Ratchet, the Netflix show, and The Prom. He and the movie, and another movie like that came a month ago that I forgot its name. And The Boys in the Band. Lots of effort. Oh, oh gosh. He's 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 a he's a busy guy. He's a busy guy, and uh, again, I just think he's a cyborg. I don't think he sleeps. I like this trailer. Uh, I don't. It, it, I don't think it's going to be particularly good, but I think it's going to be fun. Then again, I said that about cats, so I have been wrong. No, but at cats' time, you had the dedication that the film will be amazing and will be like Oscar contender, and 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 here, like I think you have the feeling, a good feeling early, you know. <laughs> Yeah. Well, we will see. That comes out very soon. You guys can catch that on Netflix on the 11th. Next up, Desiree already spoiled it. We're talking about Sylvie's Love. <laughs> the trailer's out. Uh, people have been talking about this for a while. It's been at some film festivals. Sylvie's Love, a woman working at her father's record store in Harlem in the late 1950s, meets an aspiring saxophone player. It is starring Tessa Thompson and Namdi Asamuga. Um, it's a great film. I watched the trailer. Oh, you saw it. That's right. You saw it. Yeah, I did. Like, I saw it earlier this year before. So my it, theory I, works. Uh, That's what you're saying. Huh? My theory about actors signing on to particular movies. <laughs> Wait. Yes. She, she was saying that Tessa Thompson signs on to good movies. She does. Shama. She does. Will you tell us what your thoughts on it? I, and I, and I want to hear your she thoughts did. It. I'm going to tell you my thoughts trailer hold on me and desiree thought the same thing this feels a whole lot like la la land except it's not a musical <laughs> um the movie it, it looks good I'm, i i didn't like the first half of the trailer but i did like the second half of the trailer i liked it I, the first half of the trailer i spent it going okay what's the conflict what's the twist what's happening what's what's gonna launch uh, okay okay and then you're like oh okay so he moves away and she looks for a career and she wants to be in to work in TV and he wants to be a musician and and then Israel was like, Oh, this looks good. That reminds me of La La Land. <laughs> Unfortunately the trailer is throwing away um different thoughts about the film, which is good. Like sometimes like traders can can de- can deceive you in a way or another and you'll think something and no, I don't want to be deceived in the trailer. Oh, no. I hate deceiving actually I love that. I love when I get deceived in traders and then like I love the movie more, you know? So I saw this movie earlier uh, this year before Amazon acquired the film and I was so glad that Amazon Amazon did the film Amazon and it became an Amazon original to be released this year. Um Eugene Eugene H like the director of the film and the writer he took part of his life being a, as a professional musician for Sony Records and and he mixed some of the ideas and some of the artistic thoughts of the of the 50s in this film and with great performance from Tessa Thompson a different performance and a story as you guys said similar to La La Land in a way or another but of course like the movie is not on La La Land's level definitely not definitely but I mean um, it's a good film. Tessa Thompson is a very dedicated actress, and I love what she did in the movie. And you see the growth there. You'll see. Um, you you can feel if if the actor is 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 getting um, older or something in the film. You can see the the the, the levels, and it's slowly and so good you know like her, her performance is one of the best uh, in this film. All right, I'm excited to watch it. I was before the, your thoughts, but now more so. 
Sylvie's Love is coming to Amazon Prime Video on the 23rd of December. A couple days before. It's Christmas Eve Eve. Christmas Eve Eve. Okay. <laughs> and the last trailer we're talking about is Life in a Year. The movie follows 17-year-old Darren who finds out that his girlfriend is dying. He sets out to give her an entire life in the last year she has left. Starring Cara Delevingne and Jaden Smith. Um, I watched this trailer. I want to say, I want to start up by saying this. I, from what I'm seeing in the trailer, I don't think the film is going to be very good. That being said, I believe I'm going to really love it. I don't know how you guys felt about it. Trey, what did you think of this trailer for life in a year? I'm a sucker for Kara. I feel like I have a girl crush on her. Anything she's in, any the even like you you guys hate that one. It's like a space movie. Um <laughs> what was the name of the <laughs> What is the name of that movie? Shaman? <laughs> The planet of a thousand suns. What, what is <laughs> You know what I'm talking Valerian? about. Valerian? Valerian. Yeah, I said Valerian twice. Yeah. I love, love that movie. Also, terrible. I don't follow many celebrities on Instagram. I definitely follow her. Um, so I'm a bit biased. However, Jaden Smith, don't, from the trailer, it doesn't look very strong, which is a bummer. But he's got a lot to live up to. I mean, come on, Will motherfucking Smith. Like, how do you, how do you like live up to that? So I, I like hope it's good. If anything, it just looks cute. Um, but it's like heavy subject, so it like needs to be good, right? Like, I feel like dramas, everything needs to be good writing. But dramas, you need good writing for dramas to work. Yes. And in dramas, writing is everything, right? So. Um, it's uh, yeah. It's, you know, here's the thing is I, I like, like these kind of love stories. I'm a sucker for them. Um, but the big thing for me, like there's this beautiful shot at the end of the trailer of them two kissing and she's removed her wig and her headscarf. And it's just really, and she, they're backlit. You can see the light, the sun coming through the window. And I think it's a beautiful thing. And that, that shot got me. And I just think I'm going to enjoy the movie. Shama, what did you think? After watching uh, Five Feet Apart two years ago, like I feel like it sufficed all the this kind of of things together, you know. And if 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 a filmmaker would like to make something, it has to be above this point, like the relationship, the drama in this film, like in the one in the Five Feet Apart two years ago, give me the ultimate that I'm looking for in a kind of a relationship of somebody like either sacrifice for one else or trying to give them their best before their last moments of life. And unfortunately, from what I saw in the trailer, I'm not in love with the lines and I'm not in love with Jaden's performance. As Desiree said, Kara's performance looks amazing. But other than this, nothing is exciting for me in the trailer. You know, in an interview one time, they asked her, what is the easiest, acting, um, modeling, or there was one more, and she said modeling by far. Mm. <laughs> this is why I love her. <laughs> well, that's it for trailers, guys. We talked, you heard our thoughts. That's it. Life in a year, Sylvie's love, and the prom. If you want to catch Life in a Year, it's out now on Amazon Prime. So check it out. Uh, let us know what you think. We'll let you guys know what we think when we watch it. Um, yeah, 
looks cute. But last up on the report, we got previews. Shama, what do we got coming out? What can the people expect to see this week while they're home, bored because of a pandemic? They don't know what to do. They don't know what to watch. They have watched absolutely every single content on Netflix. What can they look forward to? Oh, they can still like check Amazon Prime Video or Hulu or Disney Plus. But this Friday, December 4th, we have like two movies that are coming in theaters. Like now in an unprecedented year, we have to say like that we have some movies that are coming theatrical and some movies that are coming on demand and some movies that just are coming on streaming. So in theaters, we have a new Focus Features film, which is distributed by Universal, Have Brothers. Raul, you got a chance to watch this movie and reviewed it on the website mreportpod.com. So what did you think about it? You know, Half Brothers is, is is an interesting, quirky little film. I was extremely surprised. Was uh, produced by Focus. Like, I, I'm very confused. Um, it's it, it's it's about this guy Renato. He he is a Mexican aviation executive, and he hasn't heard from his dad since his dad immigrated to America when he was about ten, and now he's a grown man. It's been like twenty five years, and all of a sudden he hears from his dad's new wife in america telling him that his dad's dying and would like to see him and so he goes back he goes to the u.s to kind of close this chapter of his life that's affected him so much before he gets married in five days and his dad kind of sends him on a scavenger hunt with his half brother he's never met (laughs) it's um it's a cute it's a very cute and fun movie that has like very it, it the tones are very they uh, they oppose right they're warring the entire time so the whole movie is kind of muddled because it jumps from this like slapstick comedy which is what i expected it to be of like two you know completely different brothers clashing while on a road trip that's what i expected and then you get these like very serious moments of like emotional like very very deep drama it touches on like immigration and issues with immigration in the u.s and the um horrible 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 camps that they keep the uh the immigrants that have been arrested in like so and so it it, like it's like trying to tackle very serious stuff while being a slapstick comedy at the same time and the transition between the two just it, it 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 really makes the film feel very very off um, I wish that they would have done both well in one film so that the film together would be received better. But unfortunately, it's not going to be received particularly well. But I do think it's fun. You know, There are movies that have done it, though. I think Joseph Gordon-Lovett was in a movie with... Um, You're talking about 50-50 with Seth Rogen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they, they did it pretty well I wouldn't on that say movie. it's a slapstick comedy. Like, this one is like a slapstick comedy. Oh, yeah, okay. This one is a, is a comedy like that. Like, I was laughing so hard, like, and then suddenly I, I, I was in tears that I didn't expect that I would cry in, in a movie like that. <laughs> yeah, um, I was just trying to think, that, that sucks, because I was trying to think of an example of where that happened, but I guess there isn't one that has done it I think I've seen it, well. it. I've seen it in novelas, like in uh, La Fea Mas Bella, <laughs> which is uh, a really, really fun. <laughs> I think they made Ugly Betty here in the U.S. as a soap opera, and it's like uh, it's like really ridiculous humor and then really emotional moments. Uh, it, this is not a soap opera, uh, and so it doesn't fit. Shama, you like the movie? 
I enjoyed it more than I expected, but unfortunately, I agree with you. The transition that like the the dramatic moments were so much drama, but like um, it wasn't well invested in writing. It, like because the topic was great, but you just like wanted more in there. The comedic moments, I I really enjoyed them. I like there are some jokes that like made me laughing so so much. Yeah, I wish I really do wish it was better because I like the topic it's trying to tackle. Yeah. Another film coming out this weekend from Universal Pictures as well, All My Life. A couple's wedding plans are thrown off course when the groom is diagnosed with liver cancer. Also on streaming this weekend, Hulu is releasing The Hardy Boys. When the Hardy Boys, Frank and Joe, and their father, Fenton, arrive in Bridgeport, they set out to uncover the truth behind the recent tragedy that has changed their lives, and in doing so, uncover something much more sinister. Also this weekend, on premium video on demand, Freak is coming out. After three weeks in theaters, it will be available for rent for $19.99. I have not been able to watch Freak yet. Maybe I'll be able to watch it now. Um, yeah, I, I really, really want to watch Freaky. Yeah, it looks promising. I didn't get a chance as well to watch it. It looks like that I, that it will have some laughs, and uh, I really hope that we can catch it in Dolby. But of course, like this year is different, so maybe the PBOD is our chance to watch it. And that's all what we got. That's what we had for you today, guys. Um, for the people that want to review us, please do so. We really appreciate it. It helps us climb the charts for people to find us. Also, make sure you check out the website to stay up to date with everything we are up to and check out our written content at mreportpod.com. Raul, where can people find you? Yeah, you can find me at the Raul Nevado on Twitter, on Instagram. You can find me at Ezerphoto, that's E-Z-E-R on Instagram. And you can find me at Mohamed Shama on Twitter and Instagram. And you can find us at mreportfilm on Twitter and Instagram. Be part of the show. If you have a report, let us know. This is yours, Minority Report. Peace.